0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Welcome everybody to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom for Physicians podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Christopher Liu. And as you know, I talk about four different types of freedom, time, financial, location, health freedom. And I'm always trying to bring guests that are doing amazing things in their lives, helping others, trying to bring them... Across your path, so maybe you can come away with inspiration, knowledge, something to empower you. So, today we have a very special guest. Her name is Bobby Collar. Uh, she's one of the top 10 guests on PodMatch. And she, her mission is to help people lead their lives, not just live by default. And so, that kind of ties into the mission of empowering people to take advantage and not just be at the whims of the economy or what the government is doing. And so I'd like to welcome Bobby to the show. Welcome.
1: Thank you. I'm delighted to be here, Christopher. Yeah, we were talking
0: backstage and um, yeah, tell us, you have a very interesting story. I'm always interested in the comeback person. So tell us more about where you started and how you came to be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Well, the comeback, I needed to come (laughs) back. When I was, when I was 23, I was I, let's just say I did not have a very good year when I was 23, right? Every, everything went wrong. I was working two jobs. I was barely keeping my head above water. Um, I mean, it was so bad. I was eating that that tuna fish macaroni salad, you know. I was eating like 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 five times a week because that's what I could afford, you know. And so it was New Year's Eve. and um, the other thing I should say too, part of this is I had not gone to college yet because my parents did not believe in education. In Mm. fact, I had to fight with my mom to stay in high school. Mm. So there it is. It's New Year's Eve. I'm 23. and, And I worked my two jobs. I went home to my little dark apartment. And I thought, how did my life end up this way? I mean, how did it end up that way? And so the answer that came back to me is that your life is a reflection of the choices that you've made so far. You know, and at first that wasn't very satisfying because I think... I think in my 23 year old heart, I really wanted someone or something to blame. Mm. I wanted someone to come rescue me. And in that moment, it's like, nobody's coming to rescue you. And and even though, you know, on one hand, you could say, well, that's not very uh, hopeful. On the other hand, I thought it's super hopeful, right? Because that means I can do that for myself. I don't have to wait for someone else. I don't have to wait for, you know, to be rescued. I can do that for myself. And I really thought, well, hey, if it's true, my life is a reflection of the choices that I've made so far. If I learn how to make better choices, I can get a better result. And that that's what kind of started, started me on this path. I mean, I started studying self-leadership. I started studying uh, communication. I started studying what we now know of as emotional intelligence. We didn't call it that back then, but that's what it was. And you know, eventually it led me to make some big changes. I, I put myself through college, I went on to get my master's degree, I paid for it all myself, and and it just set me on the path of this is how I want to help others because I think too often we live that default life, you know, and it doesn't have to be that way. We can we can create we can create something more for ourselves.
0: Yeah. That's very it's very powerful because um once you realize that um so the reason why I love entrepreneurship is because everything is in your hands. You know, you're, yeah. you you succeed, it's you, and then if you know if you fail, it's you. So you don't you don't have anybody to blame. So you can't blame a job or you know mm-hmm. the, like, what, the economy or so that's why it's so empowering. Then what's really interesting is that um, so you talk about um, so you three you talk about three fundamental truths. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah. Well, that directly comes out of that experience because the fundamental truth, number one, is that the future can be changed. It is not set in stone, right? I mean, and I think that sometimes we think, we, we think, well, we started down this path and there's no way I, I can change. And that's not true. We can always change it fundamental number two is that you can change your future and perhaps only you can change your future which goes back to that whole thing about we don't have to wait to be rescued and then fundamental truth number three is that you don't have to wait you can learn what you need to learn along the way and I included that one because in coaching so many people what I've seen is people think I have to have all the answers I have to know every detail before I can get started and that's that's simply not true. In fact, you can't know everything until you do get started. Think about—you mentioned being an entrepreneur. How much do you learn every day being an entrepreneur? I mean, it's a ton. Yeah. So that doesn't have to be a stumbling block. So that's my three fundamental truths.
0: And then we talk. So what's that? That's really, um, you know, that's very empowering. And then you talk about, um, I guess mental resiliency and fitness, which is really interesting because, you know, usually fitness and conditioning is like a physical thing, but you talk about it in terms of mental and emotional. Tell us more about that.
1: Yeah. So you're right. I love the analogy to physical fitness, right? Because we all know if I'm going to go run a marathon, I'm probably going to have to do training first. I'm not just going to sit on the couch and then one day say, eh, I'm going to go run a marathon. Well, we could, but it's not going to end very well, right? <laughs> But with mental fitness, and mental fitness is different than mental health, right? So mental fitness is, researchers define it this way. It is our capacity to respond to life's challenges and opportunities with a positive mindset rather than a negative, neutral, or stressed mindset. And that's really important because when we respond with a positive mindset, that's when we have the best access to our brain's resources. Things like resiliency, creativity, we see more options. We can take clear-headed action with confidence, mm-hmm. and and that's why that's why it's so important that we build mental fitness. And and it's something that can be built. It's just a lot of us have never heard of it. And and to be you know completely uh, straightforward, uh, it's based on the work of positive intelligence. So it's 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 just a wonderful blending of a lot of different sciences.
0: I think. Um, well, I I studied. Um... Tony Robbins, uh, which is, uh, you know, he's been key on talking about using emotions to leverage emotions to leverage performance Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, really putting yourself in a positive state so that you can access more positive emotions to, you know, drive, you know, whatever you're trying to achieve. So,
1: right. There's, there's been so much research in the last, I would say 20 to 25 years, like Barbara Fredrickson was one of the key researchers on um, positive emotions. And she said that when we put ourselves in positive emotions it on our brain, it has the, what she calls a broaden and build effect. And, and it opens up, you know, creativity. I mean, they have done, they've done studies where people who are in a positive state, they outperform in sales, they outperform their peers. They outsell their peers by 40%. Oh, wow. You know, and they've done thing around like uh, studies around. You know, people are better negotiators. So it's really a, it's it's very very powerful that yeah. science.
0: You know, sometimes clients they you know they you know talking about positive psychology, but then you know sometimes you know they're on a good streak and then but maybe something they hit a hiccup and they get stuck. How do you? I you know that's the mm-hmm. problem, the stumbling block. How do you get unstuck and just move forward quickly?
1: Yeah because that's that's something that we've all faced and it can happen at any time on our journey. So to me, getting unstuck requires that we take some kind of action. And I I don't even care how small the action is, right? It's just something to get us started. And because then from there, there's a a little framework that I came up with, but I call it learn your way forward. So it's a triple A and it starts with action And so we take an action and it doesn't matter how small it could be talking to someone else about it, could be researching, it could be whatever, but we take some kind of action. Then the second step is to assess. How did it go? What did I learn? And then the third step is to adapt. So if it went well, how can I continue this? If it maybe didn't go as well as we wanted, okay, we still learned something. So how can we adapt? Because that will get us forward. That will get us moving forward because... I think so many times we get stuck we hit a wall and then it goes back to i don't have the whole plan i don't know how to get started it's got to be bigger and sometimes it it can be it can be just the simplest action that will move us forward but i always say that i always say that action is the antidote for despair Mm -hmm. because it gets us started
0: yeah i think um what's really interesting is um i think paul graham and uh he was talking about especially with us You know startups and you're dealing with the unknown but then he was saying you know action produces information and so, and you know could be could be wrong information but at least you take action and then and then it snowballs so
1: that's uh, right i'm writing that down i love that
0: (laughs) but and then what is the i guess what is the one trap that just keeps people stuck that just they can't get out of it they just hang ups you know uh what, what is that trap
1: yeah, well, one of the big ones is that, you know, what we've talked about in terms of, uh, I have to have the whole plan. The the other one that's probably just as big is, and it's related to mental fitness. And that is what we, the stories we tell ourselves. You know, if, if you wanna call those, you know, some people call them self-limiting beliefs. Sometimes we call them the, those patterns that we fall into. But But think about how many times someone is about to take action. And mm-hmm. then that voice of doubt shows up and says, yeah, but are, are you sure you can do it? Or what will other people think? Or what if you fail? Or there's a thousand things that might say to us. So getting comfortable with you know, what what those patterns are for us, yeah. because th- those keep us stuck. They keep us exactly where we are.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. The stories and then having a plan. Then uh, also um, what's interesting is um, when you talk about um so getting unstuck and a lot of people get hung up on failure because they think oh. okay failure you know i failed and uh, but tell us why failing is a great thing
1: because i think it goes to the quote you said earlier right failing almost always produces information and so there's that there's also i i love cross-country scheme so this is this is a good metaphor for it or an example, because I grew up in the Midwest, in Illinois, where everything's super, super flat. Mm -hmm. And then we moved to Colorado to 9,000 feet. So we're way up high in the Rocky Mountains. We're right outside Rocky Mountain National Park. So nothing's flat there. And I remember the first time I saw some of these hills, I was terrified. I'm Mm -hmm. like, I'm not gonna ski down that, you're nuts. I'm gonna fall, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. But, but, But when I ski down those hills, even if I fall, I learn something. Right, because I learned, oh, you know what, here, you know, my technique was wrong or whatever it might be. So, so it it helps me learn. But the other great thing about failure is that it expands my comfort zone, right? Hmm. Because think about it. If the worst thing that I think is going to happen is I'm going to fall and then I fall and I survive, it's not so scary anymore. So it it makes it easier to to take on the next challenge, you know. And one of the things I had a ski instructor tell me, and he's a, he's a former, competitive cross-country skier. And he said, anytime you're trying something new, we can't let the fear of failure or just fear in general get in our way. And he said, so don't try it once. Don't try it twice. A minimum three times. And I'm like, why? And he said, the first time is to prove it to yourself that you can do that thing. The second time is to kind of bring some normalcy. Like, okay, it wasn't a fluke that I made it down the hill. The third time is is that's that's the that's the earliest time when you can start to evaluate. Did I like that experience? Because yeah, the first two times you are probably petrified. But I thought that is really great advice, not just for skiing, but for a lot of the things that we do in our lives. You know, don't just try it once. That's not a real try. Like really give it a real try.
0: Yeah, like like putting yourself out there, making yourself vulnerable, um, just going all in, you know, even if you fail, um, you know, yeah. not de- being dependent on, you know, what happens, um, being, you yeah. know,
1: so. just cause you're going to learn, right? Yeah. I mean, you're going to learn and learning is never failure.
0: Yeah, exactly. So you brought up an interesting point was, uh, you know, the worst that could happen. And what's really interesting is, you know, these days, um, we hear about the great resignation and great reshuffle yeah. and, um, You know, I think COVID had a positive effect because, you know, the people were like, oh, if I'm if I locked up in my home, you know, and, uh, you know, we can still survive this, you know, how bad can it get? So people are Mm. taking risks and starting their own companies and pursuing their dreams. And they're like, "Okay, it can't be that bad. So I'm going to quit my job and try something new. And so it's really what you're saying really fits into that.
1: Yeah, just think about it—if we survived that,
0: <laughs>
1: you know. Yeah. Plus, I think that COVID gave people a, a, a great place to kind of pause and reflect and say, "What's important to me?" Yeah, and I think that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, out of uh, out of uh, out of turmoil comes um, comes uh, beauty and be- beauty from the ashes. So
1: that's right. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, this has been a uh, really. Fascinating conversation. Um, so, you know, we'll, I'll conclude with this kind of um, uh, this, uh, this final question was, um, you know, we talked about some of the key events in your life that set you on this path. Um, and uh looks like, you know, you had, uh, when the, um, when the doctor told you, you had a 3% chance of a full recovery, tell us about that and kind of close it out there.
1: Yeah. So that was, that was back in 2003. I got sick. I collapsed and it took it took 18 months to finally get a diagnosis but yeah Yeah. at one point the doctor said to me he's like you know based on what we know so far you probably have about a three percent chance of a full recovery Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and uh i remember saying to him because i'd always been a runner Mm -hmm. and i remember saying well when can i go for a run again Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's like Mm -hmm. bobby said you might have to accept that your days of being an athlete are over Mm -hmm. and i thought no i've always been an athlete Mm. I will always be an athlete. So when he said that about, you know, 3% will, will experience a full recovery, the way my mind heard it was not that 97% wouldn't, but that 3% would. So I thought, well, then I have to learn what those 3% did, you know, or I have to find, I have to find a doctor who can help me. And eventually I did. She's like, I've seen this before. She could said, it's not going to be a fast recovery. It will take at least two years. Mm. But she said, you can recover. Mm. and it was extremely powerful and it taught me man did that teach me a lot about myself when you go through that kind of when you go through that kind of challenge you're really introduced to who you really are
0: oh yeah yeah it sort of strips through everything and just lays everything out there and that's uh you know and i know a lot of people are inspired by your story um i know you do a lot of coaching and a lot of my um audience are um, women executives, entrepreneurs, how can they How can they follow you, contact you, follow you on social media, and work with you?
1: Yeah, thank you for asking. So uh, I have my website. It's just www.bobbykaylor.com. And then on LinkedIn, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I do quite a bit of posting there. Um, I try to share at least three times a week because I always want to have content around how can we get unstuck how can we create new options for ourselves and how can we move forward faster? Mm -hmm. And uh, so those are the best ways. And then of course, I have a podcast as well. If someone wants to check it out, that'd be terrific. And um, it's just unyielded, thriving, no matter what.
0: Excellent. Yeah. And for, thanks for sharing all that. And for all the audience out there, um, all of Bobby's resources will be in the links and show notes. And thanks so much for uh, such a insightful conversation about mental fitness and resiliency and just thriving under any situation. So um, we look forward to hearing about your success and uh, we'll leave it at that.
1: Thank you.